0: COVID-19 market realities, brought to you by New Zealand Trade and Enterprise.
1: Episode four. Kia ora and konnichiwa from Tokyo. My name is Craig Periro. I'm the New Zealand Trade Commissioner based here in Japan and uh, part of the New Zealand Trade and Enterprise East Asia team. Japan was gearing up for the Tokyo Olympics and expecting some 40 million visitors this year. Now, in this last week of April, Japan is under a state of emergency with business sentiment dropping and COVID-19 cases continuing to increase. The government has now set out a support package of over $1 trillion for loans, guarantees, and subsidies for companies and employees. Japan continues to be a key business partner for New Zealand. 50% of exports are food and beverage related. I'm excited today to be joined by Sam Cassels, our VT advisor uh, with a, a wide depth of experience in the marketing Uh, advertising and business transformation areas, and also Shintaro Nakamura who is one of our key food and beverage uh, business development managers. Sam, what's your general impression of how COVID-19 has impacted consumption and business in
2: Japan? It feels like it was maybe a little bit slower to hit here um, with a sort of a business as usual mentality remaining for quite some time. And even today, uh, BBC are reporting that only 18% of the workforce is still actually in a work-from-home environment. But certainly hotels, restaurants, cafes, uh, manufacturing, uh, airlines, I mean, they're all in you know, a world of hurt. What kind of businesses do you see
1: that are actually having a, a better run during this time?
2: I think companies that were already established with business models that um, suited digital economies uh, are thriving. So SaaS-based companies, and then, of course, the e-commerce uh, platforms, Rakuten in Japan, Amazon in Japan, um, you know, employing staggering amounts of people to support the increased demand. And with the brilliant infrastructure that's in place that allows the uh, delivery to customers and retailers, um, it's seeing huge growth. Organic growth versus you know acquiring net new customer bases is is a really big challenge. I think that is a little bit harder to start something from afresh, particularly in Japan, where that face to face relationship building is very important. Now that these companies are perhaps a little bit more comfortable with moving into these digital face to face proxies, potentially that's opportunity for New Zealand businesses to actually strengthen their relationships with people that they really only were able to access via our, our business trips in the past. So maybe that's a benefit or an opportunity to build connections in this new economy as well. I think it's really an opportune time to strengthen relationships and understand what the customer bases in the market are facing. And if there are any areas that New Zealand can support uh, more, um, and sometimes we may not be able to, but just that gesture is very, very powerful. And I think empathy, staying connected, um, staying supportive, um, asking how we can help. Chintaro, I know
1: you're working extremely hard to support a lot of New Zealand businesses from afar. What has the impact of COVID-19 been on food and beverage in Japan?
0: It's uh, pretty clear that winners are the one who have uh, spent the money on the digital platforms; those who are successful, has delivery service, uh, takeaway, drive-through, and online ordering system. A place like McDonald's is only down by ten percent. The online food shopping sites are growing by four hundred percent up, and they are actually stopping new subscribers because they haven't anticipated this sudden increase in demand. So they're trying to upgrade their uh, capacity and trying to meet the demand.
1: One of the things I guess it's well known about Japanese shoppers is that, especially when it comes to food and beverage, they like to go daily. The Tokyo governor's come out saying, please only go once every three days. So what that means is, is people buying habits will start changing and they'll buy more on that one visit, um, which means packaging, serving sizes will also follow suit as well. So that, that's some changes that I think we'll, we'll see coming through at a, at a grocery level anyway. What kind of products do you see uh, actually growing in this market going forward now as a a result of COVID-19?
0: Definitely, Japanese people are more interested in boosting the immunity. And uh, I think it will continue as the uh, lockdown softens. Like I was called on the Manuka Honey company importer yesterday and uh, Japanese TV show was uh, saying that Manuka Honey actually can boost the immunity against the coronavirus. And after that TV show, their sales have increased uh, 400%. And uh, you know, they're, they're very, very busy right now keeping up with uh, demand from the market. So not only the manuka honey, but other healthy items, you know, such as uh, beverages, you know, healthy meat, healthy food. And I think it'll stay as a trend in Japan. I think it's a very good opportunity for New Zealand pastry companies because in Japan we're using margarines and other chemicals to keep the product price lower. But in, from New Zealand, we have the real ingredients, real food. So uh, if we can convey that story to the Japanese customers, I think there are an opportunity for New Zealand companies.
1: We know there's a lot of cheese and dairy ingredients used in food service and restaurants here in Japan. Do you think that's going to keep growing?
0: I think so. I see that New Zealand butter is also sold out from the shelf. People are baking it at home so I think New Zealand uh, dairy products are increasing. So the number of uh, sales for the yogurt or like dairy products is going up. So I think it will continue to grow. Any
1: advice for New Zealand exporters navigating the market at this time?
0: I think ones that are doing well in the market is uh, very fast to adapt to the changes. I can see that more and more New Zealand companies are preparing the post-COVID time. So they are doing what they can do right now. For example, like uh, we're assisting them for the online introductions. Food and beverage in Japan is considered as as an essential business. So Japanese importers are still working from home. Some are not so busy. So we can started to make uh, online introductions. New Zealand companies are changing quick, quickly from B2B model to B2C model using a Zoom and online sales channels. For example, a winemaker, they're starting a Zoom wine tasting session. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? They already had online platforms with a Japanese partner. So uh, whoever bought their wines, they can receive Zoom invite and they can discuss their wines. Winemaker can convey their stories and they can get instant feedback from the B2C customers. Gather the online sales data to increase the b 2 B2C customer portfolio and uh, they can use it as a marketing and increase uh, sales.
1: Sam, just thinking about the changes in consumer behavior, what trends do you think will remain in market post COVID-19?
2: I think from a... F- generalist standpoint, the, the themes of fresh, fast, safe and direct to me are probably going to stay in in place. And that has a B2B implication as much as it does a B2C implication. Um, so again, how do we facilitate and enable our partners or our distributors to act in that same capacity for their customer bases, no matter where they are?
1: Sam, so just thinking about New Zealand's image in and- Japan, we're known for our agricultural expertise, uh, superior produce, unspoiled environment, um, and New Zealand is generally seen it as welcoming, uh, trustworthy, and how do you think that whole image places us uh, going forward within Japan as a business partner?
2: I would add on top of that, that I think particularly recently that another layer to that perception by Japanese around New Zealand is of leadership, um, particularly of response to COVID and um, other global um, issues that have impacted New Zealand uh, domestically and locally. I think there is opportunity there for New Zealand to lead because I think the Japanese market's receptive to messages coming from New Zealand. Maybe we could do a little bit more with from a storytelling standpoint to the Japanese market Um, because I think they're willing to listen. I think there's a sense of admiration and um, respect. Um, And at the same time, what's really missing is that whenever these stories do come out, they're not in Japanese. So um, how could we contextualize some of these messages a little bit better just through adaptation and language so that they resonate more strongly in Japan and help build that profile and therefore that demand or interest in New Zealand produce? Thank you very much for the insights today from both Sam and Shintoro. Uh,
1: it's challenging times for all of us. As a reminder, you play the long game in the Japan market um, and that the relationships that you've got now maintain that communication, um, understand where they're coming from, showing intent to work together and come through with COVID-19 out on the other side. Kia kaha.
0: You're listening to a COVID-19 podcast from New Zealand Trade and Enterprise. Find more information at covid19.nzte.govt.nz.